So the new Hellboy trailer was released. Yeah. Um, Red Band. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the audience they're aiming for. Yeah. That's the only shot they have at making any money. But characters, somewhere, somebody made some kind of reference to that, right? I'm Probably. Skin, skin's red. Right. Right. Um, I feel like we got to see... Hell man, Father Hell right. man. Uh, we saw more of what the movie is going to actually be, but it still is not super like tantalizing. I don't know why. I think it's really. I think they're doing everything they can to tantal you. Tantalize? No, that's the word. Going on, uh, going beyond the point of just completely selling out the character. Okay. I mean, you can have any kind of adaptation you can change things you can try to make it more marketable palatable quote-unquote fix it like the umbrella academy so glad they fixed the umbrella umbrella academy (laughs) so it was so broken before right if i didn't know what cha-cha's face looked like then we got a problem right but this whole thing just looks like nobody we're all contractually obligated to a gag order to not be able to criticize guillermo del toro and his just not successful or good re- Hellboy movies, but right. we can't say that apparently because you know we just love him. He's so great. Right. Um, gonna get to it eventually. And so the point I'm trying to make is, it doesn't look anything like what Hellboy's supposed to be. What is Hellboy supposed to be in your mind? Hellboy is gothic fiction. Mm-hmm. It is gothic fiction in the tradition of gothic fiction, which is to say, it is uh, kind of som- somber, contemplative. Sometimes involves monsters. Mm-hmm. Definitely involves the idea of an old world, and I don't mean, although I can mean, like the world of darkness, <laughs> old world characters, werewolves, and stuff like that. But I just mean rooted in history and historicity, sure, and um, you know, culture, tradition, that sort of thing. It isn't that he's fighting like a laser dragon or something. It's that he is fighting something that is probably an old ghost, and the way to beat it is. Connected to tradition, connected to knowledge and lore. Sure. Yes, he can punch things, but I can't tell you how many Hellboy things end with him just punching and punching and punching and punching to the point that he can't punch anymore. And even the thing that's fighting him is like, stop punching me. It's not working. It's clear that you cannot punch me to death. I am a god. So just knock it off. And then there's just, there's some other piece of knowledge that he knows because he is a genius a paranormal expert, you know, and so him and then his team of people who are either completely normal human beings or have the crappiest superpowers ever. Right. They all win because they know more because of the knowledge that they have. Right. There's a what's the there's a convention in anime, isn't there, where the of the character who's like not powerful but smart? He's always got glasses. Sure. And yeah. And usually pushing them up. Yeah. Uh huh. In high school. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't matter. He's usually a Bishodin because he's it's like he's like cute, but like right the L, if you will. Sure. Is L Bishodin? I mean, yeah, I kind of feel like he is. <laughs> I mean, he's like kind of a weirdo, but he... Desti Nova from uh, Battle Angel Alita. Sure. Not the uh, Edward Norton version, but the right. uh, flan eating, you know, Joker guy. Right. Exactly. So that's just yeah. I mean, that's what frustrates me. And if you want to. Maybe you can't sell that. I guess that sounds not like an action movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> that sounds like a uh, slow-paced TV show. Right. 
but that's not who owns the license. Right. Uh, Paramount or whatever, Lionsgate, some movie company owns the license. Yeah. So they have to make it a flashbang movie. Right. And for me, the biggest point of departure where it all went wrong, or at least the most emblematic poster uh, boy of that, is having Damayo, who is you know, a wear jaguar, basically, mm-hmm. uh, having it be fun instead of like a big drag. Right. Like in the like comics, you said that it's, it's his a, secret it's a burden. Yeah. He's, him. he's a Wendigo basically. Like he yeah. got bitten by like a, you know, a wear jaguar or a wear Wendigo or whatever. And he's, it's a secret that he hides and he doesn't like it because he turns into a jackal and he eats members of the BPRD, you know, yeah. and they have to deal with that. And in this, it's just like, all right, it's game time. I'm going to punch you in the face. We got to hulk you up here. Right. You know? Come on. Get get your guy. Where's your guy? Right. <laughs> get your guy out. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like they're just the Avengers? No. Yeah, right. I know. They're not the Avengers. No, they're not. But that got me thinking. Okay. Then I started blinking. Oh, no. A bridesmaid looked and thought I was winking. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how the rest goes. Yeah. Um. I thought, okay, so if you were going to, let's just think about if they're going to Avengers up the BPRD, mm-hmm. then what are we looking at here? Um, I would argue that Hellboy is their Hulk. Right. So then but he's what is that? Genius Hulk. The... He's smart Hulk. Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's Professor Hulk. So he's smart. But also, inevitably, he gets punched and punched until he gets super mad and, you know, either just, he basically grows horns and stabs somebody with him, usually. Right. That's how they resolve things. Right. So then what else we got? Where Jaguar. Where Jaguar, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what he is. I know. <laughs> they, they these don't map these are bad maps. They're not gonna map at all. Yeah. But I'd say maybe Wolverine mm-hmm. in that Wolverine is, you know, he's gruff, he's you know, he's um he he could be very smart and tactical, but when he it becomes a berserker, you know, right. you've got a problem. Yeah, like he'll kill anybody. I don't remember that. Liz yeah. Sherman. Liz Sherman is like Jean Grey, but Jean Grey from the 90s cartoon. Okay. And what do you mean by that exactly? She faints a lot, basically. Oh, great. <laughs> She's got this amazing power, this like Phoenix-like power, if you will. Sure. But she'll break the story if we use her all the time. So she's got to pass out or, or something. Okay. Or all maybe, right. uh, alternatively, she's Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor. Just pretend like you know. Okay. So she's has the potential for you know, this amazing power, but she just basically has to just be a normal person. Okay. Kind of no nonsense. Sure. What about Abe Sapien? Is um, you got to help me out with Hellboy because I don't remember all the <laughs> this characters. This is such a great. Maybe this will, will turn this into a monologue. Oh, okay. Abe Sapien is he's kind of their uh, beast mixed with their Nightcrawler. Okay. In the films, this is because okay. he's. Well, in the books, too, because he's smart and he's something of a scientist. He's kind of a, a detective, but also he's got a weird appearance and he's shunned because of that. And his mysterious, uh, his origins are mysterious. Okay, sure. Which is kind of a Kurt Wagner kind of thing. Sure. Who else do we got? What about Roger the homunculus? I, Roger is yeah, the cyclops. Know. The cyclops? No, not cyclops. Excuse me. He's the colossus. Oh, okay. He's really strong. He's really tough. And okay. He's kind of a blank. As All right. character goes. Okay. <laughs> That's that maps, yeah. And one more. Let's do. Oh wait, what well, Kate? Uh, Kate is uh, Kate is the Val Cooper of '90s X Factor. Okay. In that she doesn't have any powers, and she's surrounded by people who got powers, but she, you know, still gets it done. She doesn't take any crap, and 
well, she's, you know, her power is in administration. <laughs> and then what about Johan? He's a ghost in a, in a fishbowl suit. Oh, my gosh. Um, he would be a Zorn or a Chamber, you know, a, a, a the weirdo X-Man character. Sure. Who, and also I think he's got an agenda and Zorn had an agenda too. So he's the Zorn. Okay. So there we go. The BPRA. Bureau for Paranormal Research and Avenging. <laughs> uh, now yeah. you turn the Sailor Scouts into X-Men. Go. Oh my gosh. Um, well, uh, Sailor Moon would probably be Cyclops. But Sailor Moon's personality is completely different from Cyclops's. Yeah, that's true. They're she's, 180 degrees um, apart from each other. Yeah, okay. She's a Goku if she's anything. She's like super like flighty, but she like gets down to business when there's a fight. Um, she's a Goku. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, maybe um, maybe Sailor Venus is Cyclops then. She's kind of like famous on her own, like before the scouts get together. She's like Sailor V and she's got like her own video games and stuff like that. Uh, and she has another talking cat. So Which one's the race car driver? Oh, that's Sailor Uranus. Okay. Um Yes. And the violin player is uh Sailor Neptune. And um gosh. Trying to, I'm trying to think. Um, Mercury is a smart one, so maybe she would be like Professor X, but she's not like the leader, but she's like super brainy. Yeah. Um, well, Hank McCoy is pretty brainy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she'd be the beast. She's her color is blue, so that works. You buried the lead on that one. <laughs> um. And then Mars is super fiery and feisty and kind of un- can be somewhat unpredictable. Maybe she's the Wolverine. That's your Logan, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jupiter, she's um, well, she's got lightning powers. Storm. And, yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a. That's well, what's a good... her personality? Um, Does she constantly talk? <laughs> It's the third person about her her ability to control lightning and, and, and the no, weather. No, she does not. <laughs> but uh, she's a really good cook. She's kind of tall, a little bit of a tomboy. Um, so it's, it's kind of Aurora a little bit. Yeah. So you would challenge the mistress of the winds <laughs> and find yourself wanting. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. That was. Just about the dirtiest thing we've ever done, at yeah. least in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But let's see if we can keep the streak alive. Uh, this is the Just Enough Trail Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikanana. And it's good that we're talking about the X-Men a little bit because we have a trailer that we need to talk about. The yes. new Dark Phoenix trailer is out, and we'll be talking about that today. And get to our feature, which is, <sighs> here we are. Yes, here we are. We got to set the table, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You had a real successful party. Yeah. Um, last year. Last year. Arbor Day, let's say. Okay. It's a tree party. Okay. Now Arbor Day is coming around again, right? Uh huh. It's midsummer. I don't know when Arbor Day is. I think it's like the beginning of the fall. I I I, I want to say it's like I, I close no to Earth Day, but I have no idea. Which is when? 
Earth Day is Spring. April. April something? Like, I think it's April 26th. Right. Well, it's six weeks before Arbor Day. Okay. None of these weeks and times are going to make sense. No. And you have to do it again. You have, last year, you had trees. You need bigger trees. Yes. You need squirrels. Train, <laughs> train squirrels bringing out snacks. You need all these things yes. for Arbor Day. And so you got to get ready. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing on this show. Uh, that's also what Marvel Studios is doing with their release coming out next week mm-hmm. called Captain Marvel. That's right. Where they're going to tell a story about a new superhero that's going to lead us into the next. And again, a play is made of acts, and that's a play. Phases make up a what? Um, phases make up a... An era? I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I don't a know. A cycle? A cycle? Whatever that the sounds next, right. Yeah, whatever the next set of the ne- the new future, the next decade for Marvel right. uh, cinematic films, will the table will be set by Captain Marvel mm-hmm. as we go backwards, but also presumably go forwards. Yes. What's the post credit Captain Marvel scene going to be? Oh boy, um, it'll probably be like maybe it'll be the other end of the uh, Samuel Jackson like uh, post credit scene for Infinity War. So like, just silence. No, it'll be like her getting a text or like the beeper oh, thing. Oh, so you think it'll go back to her? Yeah. I think they've got a lot of work to do. I think they'll do too. I think it'll be that. And I also think that here's this is a hunch. It's going on a limb. But I think that maybe the Paul Rudd scene from the Endgame trailer will be that. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Because you got to connect dots. We don't want to spend a lot of time having everybody get together. In Marvel films, they just kind of get to it, you know? Yes. And you got three hours. So I think maybe we'll get, you know, like you said, Carol gets a beep mid credits and then right. end credits it'll be I can't believe it like half people are gone and we have to keep fighting you know but what are we gonna do ding dong hey, hey it's Captain Marvel I got your pizza you heard of me no it's it's Ant-Man <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah. so that's I don't know maybe we'll see yeah but there's a lot of tables uh, to be set and we're gonna set our own table by talking about the origins of the character Carol Danvers yes we'll be doing that in our feature today we'll also have a little news and that's about it. What else is going on with you? Um, Kinda, no. We already talked about that Hellboy trailer. Yes, we it did. looks like thumbs down. <laughs> Not super excited about I, it. I'll have to say this one, and we get this a lot, and we'll talk about this with the uh, Dark Phoenix one, too. Um, the second trailer is like, okay, CG's done. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, well, why don't you just wait? Well, yeah, why don't you wait till like the first for the first one yeah. to like have the CG? The done. first impression, and you can only have one, uh, a deodorant commercial told me, uh, right. is your movie looks cheap. Mm-hmm. And then the second one comes in, it's like, oh, this looks great, but right. I still think it's cheap because of what I saw before. Right, right, exactly. Um, and I think that's true with the the Dark Phoenix trailer as well. well um, should we talk about it now? Um, we could. All right, let's just do it. Okay. What do you think? Um, I liked this one a lot better than the, the first one. I thought the first one was just really like low-key and like, we basically see Gene like flip over a car in a, like an open field, and that's, that's about practical. it. That's yes, all practical. I know, so. I know, but I it, it didn't blow me away. This one looks it way didn't more flip intense. Your cookie, yeah, or your exactly. cup card. Yes, it does. And I, um, man, they have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. uh, after the last one. Yeah, I know. And also, just the fact that we all know that this is a lame duck film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You think so? Yeah, there's not going to be. Oh, there's not going to be anymore. Unless Kevin Feige just goes, look, I got a whole new cycle to develop. So just keep doing what you're doing 
and we'll have you, you know, cameo. Tony Stark will show up at the X Mansion or something like that. Right. Like they had done with Sony. Right. I don't think so, though. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be, you know, a final end because Fox is, you know, done with X Men. Oh, movies. that's true. Uh, <laughs> to the point where they can't even release the one beyond this. Yeah, I know. What? But here's the problem is that Simon Kinberg is directing this one. He only knows how to make one kind of movie for the X-Men, which is X-Men have problems. Uh, they deal with each other. There's some threat, and that threat is going to end the entire world. Right. The stakes are never personal in these X-Men movies. Mm-mm. They are in the early good ones, but they're never really all that personal. It's always just some new thing that they're going to fight in an empty space with a wrecked car or a rock or two in it, Mm-mm-hmm. like you're a... DM who didn't prepare very well right. <laughs> set up his grid for his players and there's just not a lot of obstacles and stuff yes. like that. That's all it ever is. You know, it's just built around these set pieces that are just not that exciting. Whereas you look at something like the Marvel films and and I know it's not all Kevin Feige, but he's the head of it and he gets all the credit. So I'm just going to say him. Mm-hmm. He thinks about, okay, we've got this cast of characters. You've got Fl- flying guy, you've got head laser guy, you've got arrow guy, you've got spider guy. Mm-hmm. How do all these characters bounce off of each other, both in personality and in terms of how they would interact when they fought together or when they fought each other? Right. And it isn't just one guy, Apocalypse, all of our X-Men have powers and he will like one by one negate their powers because mm-hmm. and then it's like oh, so well, why, they're all dead then right right no there's one person who's you know gene was had was sitting on the mary sue button the entire time and she's just gonna wipe him out and thank god and it's like well why don't we lead with that right why don't we get to this point where you broke quicksilver's leg you know, right it's just they're these simple transactions whereas they're more complicated and somebody who does this really well and we're gonna talk about this uh, as we talk about Ms. marvel is chris claremont where he knows that when the X-Men are going to fight Freedom Force, Avalanche is going to throw up a wall of dirt, which is going to block Cyclops' ray beams, you know. At the same time, Colossus is going to throw Wolverine at the blob. Right. But Wolverine's going to stick inside the blob, and he's not going to be able to do anything, mm-hmm. right? And so the blob's going to go boing and shoot Wolverine through to the other side of Central Park. Right. Meanwhile, Pyro is going to shoot flames at Rogue. She won't be hurt by them, but she'll be blinded. So that way, Destiny can use her you know, my, mental powers on Rogue, but Rogue is going to accidentally fall on top of Colossus and absorb his ability to be super metal guy. Sure. And now she's metal and Rogue. And right. She's going to fly up into orbit and then fall down and land on Blob you know, with ex- uh, terminal velocity, which causes him to be driven into the Earth. Which, you know, it's just like it's telling yes. the story with this. And you think about it, it's like, Usually, like, talking and character is the way you de- uh, develop the story. But you can do that in comics because also while somebody's doing something that would take a split second, Wolverine can have a monologue while he's flying through the air sure. on a fastball special. Absolutely. Because, because it's a comic book. Yeah. So you can't exactly do that in a movie, but it's just getting to know how the physicality that comes from the visual medium these characters started in mm-hmm. informs their character. It is dialogue. Fighting is dialogue yes. in a good comic and a good movie. Yes. No, I agree with you 100%. That's why John Wick's no good. Uh, why is he no good? He just kills everybody. Oh. He just yeah. kills a bunch of people who have no names. We don't know who they are. We don't care. And he just, yes, he shoots them in the face real good. But What are the stakes? Are, the stakes are he wants to avenge his puppy or whatever. But yeah, there <laughs> right. are no... from. You know, single deaths or, or fight scenes. It's just John Wick gets to the end of the fight scene. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, 
I, I it's think not something. Sorry, just, no, go ahead. Just the capper to my point, and also my uh, equipment is coming off here. I want to stick this back on. Okay. This is a professional operation here. <laughs> something like the part in Civil War where a brainwashed Bucky has. <laughs> aren't you in a mid, Aren't you in a shield base? Where are just the legions of shield troopers? We know he's real good. Got a metal arm. If you just 50 people lay on him, there's nothing he can do, right? Right. But anyway, he bests all our best hand-to-hand fighting superheroes, Mm -hmm. and he finally gets to this helicopter, and Cap doesn't want to hurt him, but he needs to stop him. Yes. And so what can he do? And he has no other options. And the only thing he does, which we know Cap's strong, but this is ridiculous. I know. Is that he just grabs onto the helicopter and is like, don't go! Yes. (laughs) But then Bucky's like... Screw you! And tries to cut him with the rotor, and it just yes. there's we, there are stakes in this fight, and everything the character does informs what they're trying to accomplish out of this fight and how they feel about the other characters. No, absolutely, and that's what makes a good movie. Like or you said. Magneto just destroys half the planet with his amped up magnet powers, and then faces no, com- no. consequences at the end. Yeah, no, we don't want that. Yeah. No. That's no fun. So Mystique's going to die. Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, yes. So, I, I mean, we knew Jennifer Lawrence kind of wanted to be done with these movies, but that's uh, definitely a final way to be done with them. So. People are mad because it ruined something, and I'm like, we all saw that coming, right? Yeah, I don't think it really ruins like anything like a whole lot. But Maybe it's just them all but confirming it. Yeah. And also really... Well, I guess it doesn't really ruin anything. It's clear that it's going to come around the middle, right? Yes. Yeah. So, well, something's wrong with Jean. Yes. She probably, she, you know, she's going to have to do something bad. I don't know if she'll blow up a solar system like she does in uh, the comics. But she'll do something bad. And they're like, we want to help you. And then, you know, the point of no return is her um, killing killing Raven. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Say something. Um. I, I'm actually more excited for this film, having seen the, the, the more recent trailer. Um, I think it shows more, potentially, of what the movie is going to be. To me, it shows it's just exactly by the numbers. Oh, really? There are a couple cool things in terms of the visuals of Phoenix, but it's, you know, it's <laughs> they, they really, when, is Magneto's helmet a lampshade that protects him from Charles's <laughs> powers? Because there's the thing where he's so. like, you, you always give a speech. And nobody cares. It's like, right. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens in these films. Yeah. There's a fight in the woods. Yes. <laughs> There's a fight on a train. We've yep. seen all of these things before from mm-hmm. an X-Men movie. So yeah. for me, this is just just the last bit that you could wring out of the bar rag. So. Uh, um, Can't wait. Okay. So so you think that um, this is the end of the line. And then maybe if we get the New Mutants one, that'll be the last one. Um. I, they, they don't you don't spend 200 million dollars or whatever they've spent it's a smaller budget let's say 100 million dollars on a movie and it doesn't come out some way right so they'll do something to get new, new mutants, mutants out. out you know they yeah. have to yeah um what that is i don't know people they've said maybe hulu okay um, um if they're gonna push now that disney has like a you know majority stake in hulu mm-hmm. um pushing that as because Disney Plus is going to be, it's got a plus. Yeah. Although it's got Disney. It's like Disney Nights. Because <laughs> the plus to Hulu? me sounds like for adults, you know, uh, yeah. or more or above. Right. 
But yeah, Hulu is their wing for like, you know, adult drama and Disney will be their more cartoony stuff. Although okay, those uh, Marvel shows. I know. They're a big deal. They are a big Probably deal. talking about them. Yeah. Let's get to it. Okay. So I heard through the grapevine. Yes. That we have a little more information about what's going to happen on the Eternals movie. Okay. Yes. All right. And the way that this information comes is these studios put out casting notices. Sure. And unless you're going to be very you know, general about it, very nonspecific, we just get information. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Yep. And so we've heard a few things about it. And Kevin Feige has actually um, said recently that they really want to make everything a lot different post homecoming or um, homecoming two or whatever far from home oh far from home yeah. okay and they want to continue to have like the characters that will survive end game will be around mm-hmm. but they want to continue to develop and draw sure. in the details of this universe and my thing is like how do you do captain marvel without marvel yeah i don't know like, because unless they're really hiding something, he's not going to be in no, the movie. No, no. And, and as we'll talk about later on when we talk about Ms. Marvel, so much of her history is Marvel. built into having a Marvel. So yeah. we'll have to see. But anyway, yeah. we'll find out next week. Yep. But so that's going to lead to them doing things like um, digging up, <laughs> and it is digging up, uh, the Eternals, uh, you know, looking more into um, uh, side characters, cosmic characters, and that sort of thing. Um, specifically, he said, uh, Kevin Feige, that the post-Endgame shows on Disney Plus will be doing a lot of that heavy lifting to drawing in the details of the universe. Okay. So this is where you'll get somebody like Tom Hiddleston, who is going to not be in the uh, movies anymore, I guess. Right. Which tells you maybe what's going to happen to his character. Right. But somehow we'll find a way to have him off on TV still kind of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they're going to do that like if it's going to be like before and like he really is dead like Well, if you know anything about Loki in the comics, yeah. That I think you've got a good pitch. I think they they've got it laid out for them. Okay. All right. Um what do you think the show is going to be about? The Loki show? Yeah. <laughs> so you're basically just going, "Yes. Why don't you explain that to me?" <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. You do something like with like uh, the journey into mystery stuff where Loki is kid Loki basically. And so he dies, but he is essentially reborn as a teenage version of himself okay. who is mischievous, but is committed to being a hero. And he joins like the young Avengers and um, he's going off and doing stuff. Now there's also a part of him that is still Loki Loki. And that becomes, right. you know, like an ongoing concern, but he's, you know, agent of mystery or, or whatever. He's like kind of like doing specific missions that okay. are, part of his milieu so it's like weird cosmic god stuff sometimes cosmic stuff you know sure. and you can just sort of send him to all different places and establish what all these new locations and areas are okay in the world of uh, marvel okay post uh post endgame all right um because yeah, we're still I living mean, down watch avengers 2012 right we're in that world yeah and we need to like Get out of that world. Mm-hmm. The Avengers are going to be just one facet of this world that will include, knock, knock, the X-Men, mm-hmm. <laughs> knock, 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 it's four knocks, the Fantastic Four, right, and all these other worlds. And the, of course the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that way you'll get, <laughs> you'll just ask, 
why are we calling the Avengers? It'll be, why are we calling the X-Men? Or the Fantastic Four. Right. <laughs> or the New Warriors. Right. <laughs> you know, or Alpha Flight. <laughs> Get Alpha Flight down here right now. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, let's stick with comic uh, movie news and okay. talk about how it uh, looks like Will Smith will not be in the Suicide Squad sequel slash soft reboot. Okay. Why not? Because he don't want to. He doesn't want to. Okay. Well, um, all right. Okay, so I guess it'll just be a, a reboot without him then. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's that that's a bad that's that's tough. Yeah. Because Deadshot is pretty much like you you know it's like you can't have a the Justice League without you know John Jones. Right. You can't have the Suicide Squad without Deadshot. Really. Right. Right. So do you like recast it and say something like happened to him and that's why his appearance is different? If you want him, yeah, you got to recast it. But yeah. he does wear a mask <laughs> with, with an eyepiece on it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just do that. Yeah. But when you got uh, Will Smith's little poonam and said he just walks around without the mask. So right. it's like if they had just, we were just talking about this the other day. This is the true. The character's got a mask. Make him wear the mask. Yes. I don't care what Cha-Cha looks like. Yes. I think it's. I, th- I would know that it was Cameron Britton under there still. Yeah. Or Mary J. Blige. Yes. But that's just never going to happen. So their masks have to come off. I know. I'm looking at you, Stallone, as dread. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also looking at you and smiling, Carl Urban. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what they're going to do. Here's what I think it is. He didn't want to share the bill with Margot Robbie, right? She's clearly the the push here. I She's guess. clearly who they're going to back. She's already got her own film. Yes. With the And it's not even her own film. It's a Birds of Prey film, but now yes. it's a Harley Quinn film. Right. They're going to put her back in this. She's the push. And so why would he want to play second fiddle or at least co-fiddle to her when he could do right. all kinds of crappy CGI genie stuff? Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can see that. Um, it's too bad. But all right. Well, anyway, we'll see what James Gunn has in store. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I just sorry. You know, we all have or at least we should, you know, this part of our brain that is a chalkboard that keeps track of all the cancels. And his yeah. is like written, but has been erased. But you can still see the chalk a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not supposed to like him. But won't he get won't. Some people, Roseanne, for instance, not a political show. Yeah. Roseanne has said some execrable stuff recently. Yes. She is just steering into being the worst person ever, Mm -hmm. which didn't we go through this already? Like you are old now. I remember the singing the national anthem and all this stuff. Right. Shouldn't you be like, yeah, well, you know, I was on a lot of drugs and I thought I was cool, but I've got wisdom now. No, she's just worse than ever. Yeah. So as far as James Gunn, I think he is a guy who can confront his mistakes and get better. And so I don't know how they're going to do it in a Suicide Squad, the movie that's super butch, you know, and we're shooting and we're doing all this stuff. But, you know, maybe he could fix some of the not soft misogynistic elements of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Um... What's the misogyny in Guardians of the Galaxy? Assuming you agree with me. Argue um, my point. Do it. <laughs> Woman. Wow. Um, well, Quill is is kind of... He's a rake. He, yeah. He, he's kind of a man-child and like... Well, yeah. Um, and he's very much stuck in his ways. Um, and... Uh, How's that misogynist? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Then you, um, can't, you can't make my point for me. Uh, okay. It's fine. 
Um, it was an unreasonable request. <laughs> I don't know. I oh. just see, you know, there's just things where it's like, yeah, okay. So the point is, is that your character is, shouldn't be acting this way. Shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he will probably act differently when he learns to be different. Right, James Gunn? 10-year-old tweets? Yeah, yeah. But it seems like a lot of fun when he is being bad. Right. And it doesn't seem like it, the movie really, really comes down on him too much for it, you know? No. And you've got Robot Prostitute Planet, and you just got all this stuff that's just like... Yeah. This kind of seems like your cheesy tweets from 10 years ago in movie right. form, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it It's it's not great. Um, and uh, I don't know. There, there, there are definitely uh, some things that are, are questionable. Like, I feel like, I feel like Gamora is kind of just like the nag. Like, she's just... Uh, trying to keep everybody on task on whatever their their goal is, and I don't feel yeah, yeah, yeah. like that she's necessarily realized. Um, well, the, also the fact that, uh, yeah, you made their entire dynamic a will they won't they for a Cheers joke. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the thing about Cheers is that we would look at Cheers now and go, well, both Diane and Rebecca. Should have had characters, or at least more of a character, right. outside of just Sam wants to go to bed with them. Right, And so exactly. we would go, mm, maybe we can top that. No, what if we just did that? I know. Because <laughs> it's a cheers joke. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Rocket's kind of misogynistic, too? Like, I don't feel like he's a three-dimensional character. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? All right. Yeah. I mean, not to put down like Sean Gunn or any of the great work that he did or Bradley Cooper or the writing, but I don't think he's designed to really. He's just kind of like a joke. Yeah. Well, like not, a, not a joke, but he's just not. He's he, kind of. He provides a joke. He's there. Yeah. He's not really. We don't look into him that much. He I don't know. Maybe does. volume three will go to Half World and meet meet uh, Lyda. What's his uh, otter girlfriend's name? Gosh, I don't know. Anyway. Now I want to know. Was this a, this was about Suicide Squad? Yeah, uh, it the was. new one comes out August 6, twenty twenty one. What else do we got? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Netflix complaining about Netflix. Yes. And uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Netflix is going to do a Babysitters Club show. Yes, I heard about this in connection with Walden Media. Like Walden books? That's what it sounds like to me. It certainly does. Yeah. Produced by uh, Michael DeLuca. Michael DeLuca. Wrote that episode of uh, Threshold. Didn't he write Threshold? Oh my gosh! Michael DeLuca is a producer uh, who produced. Uh, he's produced a lot of good movies and a lot of bad movies. Okay. And I think he wrote the story on Threshold. Okay. The worst episode of Star Trek. Of Star ever. Trek, uh, where uh, Paris Tom, Tom Paris turns into a uh, a lizard. A lizard. Yeah. Yeah. His tongue falls out. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of really great things happening in Threshold. He and, is, I say sarcastically. Yeah, and look, producers, you know, they're the easy targets in Hollywood, but yes. he is absolutely everything that you would think about being a producer. And I don't mean like the Weinstein angle. There's, we've never heard anything about that. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying right. that, but I'm just saying like, hey, yeah, this is easy. I can do this. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Baby, babysitters club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star right. Trek. Right. Yeah. Lizards. Lizards. Got it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, just money, money, money. Come on. Yeah. That's, this is gonna be a hit. Yeah. 
And that's my problem. That's what I want to say about Netflix, but I want to beat it, beat it into the ground. It used to be that you'd have an idea for a show. Sometimes it was adapting something that was old, and you developed it, mm-hmm. you thought it up, and you pitched it, and you had to sell people, and you took it to everywhere in town, and everybody right. said no, but somebody gave you a chance. Yes. And then they made it, and it was a success. Yes. Now it's just, we've got a ton of money. Let's just start making things. Netflix, yes. And now it's just mm-hmm. money in search of shows, in search of an idea to sink yes. it into. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. So I don't think Michael DeLuca is the guy to honor the affection that you and many women your age have for their childhood books, The Babysitter's Club. Yeah. This yeah. would be like Dino De Laurentiis doing Harriet the Spy. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I want to see that. Uh- <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis presents. I know, right? Harriet the Spy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Directed by John Milius. Oh my God. Harriet, what is best in life? <laughs> to spy on one's enemies. To write it all down on a notebook. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, there. Um, I can't remember if it was a TV show or it was like a series, like a mini series, but they were like Babysitter Club, like. Was that Little Sisters or, or? Well, there she there were other books that were that were called Babysitter's Little Sister, and that was about Karen, and she had two. I I read those Doors more than open. I read the Babysitters the Club books, and and she her parents were divorced, but she had two of everything, and it <laughs> like went into like all yeah. So the plus side of being a kid who has divorced parents, so. Um, yeah, but anyways, she was she was younger and she um, was kind of a nerd. She had glasses, so you know, more nerdy than like the other. <laughs> well, that means sisters. you're a nerd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk Ghostbusters? Must we? Must, Must we? we talk about Ghostbusters? Is there anything more to tell? There is some interesting news. I don't know if it's okay. good news. We know there's been a lot of like. It's just like stupid, worthless takes hmm. uh, about the new Ghostbusters thing. Um, short version. Yeah. Uh, Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, uh, wants to bring it back to the fans. And a lot of people interpreted that as, you know, basically trying to negate or just say the 2016 movie sucked. Okay. Which, I mean, it wasn't great. But, no. But that puts you in a particular camp that you don't want to necessarily be in. Right. People who took it way too far. And he immediately came out and said, whoa, 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 that's, no, I, I didn't mean it that way. And even the uh, director of, um, Paul Feig, director of 2006, so, uh, yeah. or tw- 2016, yeah. uh, came out and said, no, no, I mean, he's, I, I get what he said, you know, it's fine. I mean, they're all trying to not screw up their promotions, right? Right, I don't think there's right. Any, there's any really... Um, uh, wait to put behind those words. But anyway, so we don't know what this is going to be. It's all under wraps, except a corner blows off and you see it's the Ecto-1, but otherwise right. it's under wraps. But we've heard that actress Carrie Coon of The Leftovers, and okay. she voiced um, Proxima Midnight in uh, Infinity War, oh, okay. and actor Finn Wolfhard, the, um, not somehow. Will, the other one. Oh, from... Um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yes. okay. Uh, are in talks to be the leads. Interesting. Okay. How how old is she? Because we, they were talking about doing like a teen movie a or whatever. A gentleman never asks and a lady never tells. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, she's she's an adult. Okay. Yeah. But she might be playing a teen. 
No, she cannot play a team. Oh, she cannot. Okay. Well, I'm, Never mind. Maybe. She looks great, but <laughs> okay. she is, she's, let's say this is mom and, and son. Oh, okay. That's where we're at. Okay. All right. That sounds good. But I don't know if that's what they're playing. Right. Okay. So. um, So some casting news possibility. <laughs> Thanks for summarizing what yes. this bit is. You sure? Uh, let's, what, what, what could it be, though? He can't be Oscar. Unless it's a period piece, because Oscar has his own kids at this point. Right, right. the the baby that um, yes, yes, mm-hmm. no, can't be Oscar. Um, he could be one of Oscar's kids. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to go that route or not. I don't know either. <laughs> mm. I mean, it could be something completely random too, like um. Back to the fans. Yeah, okay. We're um, going put, back putting to the, the gorilla fans. in. All right. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it, he has to be like one of the kids or, or a, a grandson to one of the original or something like that. Um, it has to be somewhat related, I almost feel like. What, what if, let's just, I guess since we don't know, let's just pitch. What if Carrie Coon is uh, Ray's daughter? Sure. Which Ray got married. Right. But uh, so we're kind of stretching the timeline a little bit. But like I said, I think she could play a lot younger than she is. Mm -hmm. So she takes over the curio shop, right? Because Ray is, depending on whether he wants to be in the movie or not. And that's another question. Right. If all the old stars appeared in 2016 to give it their blessing... I think they got they? burned. Yeah. Do they come back for the real one? The answer is yes. Right. If you're Annie Potts, you, you need work, sadly. Right. Uh, but yeah, so she takes over the curio shop, and Ray is retired. He's, I don't know, sure. drinking crystal vodka, upstate New York. Right. Finn Wolfhard is a kid who goes to something, something general mm-hmm. in, in uh, you know, Brooklyn or something like that. And his school is haunted. How about sure. that? Okay. So he's in the library, you know. Yeah. Library, call back to the original. Yes. Tip back to the fans. Right. And so Carrie Coon gets wind of this and she's like, I think, no, you know what? He didn't get married. It's his brother, Uncle Ray. Okay. It's his niece. All right. I think Uncle Ray left some of the stuff around here somewhere. Blows off the dust. Right? Yes. Proton packs. Yep. Ghost traps. Yes. They're going to get them. Yeah. Do you think um, they're going to make the team a mix of, of women and men? Yeah. Phil Wolfhard's going to be on the team. Okay. He's going to be like the Blues Brothers 2000 okay. <laughs> kid on the team. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm all for that. Um, I... Are you... <laughs> Do well, we need any more Ghostbusters anything ever? I don't know that we really do. I think we're good, right? I, I think we're probably pretty good. Well, we're going to get it no matter but, what, because yeah. Sony just will not give up. No. Um, Unless they like a, sell their entire movie studio like they're, they're going to. They're a persistent, petulant child. They are a disease that yeah. you can't get rid of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. <sighs> well, here's something you can't get rid of. What's Gremlins. Oh, no. What 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 news around Gremlins? <laughs> what fresh hell is this? Yes, Gremlins animated series is being kicked around okay. at the Warner Media streaming service. Did you know about the Warner Media streaming I service? Did not me either. But it looks like it's going to be anchored by a Gremlins animated series. Okay. 
Um, do you do you think it's going to be like stop animation, or do you think it's going to be like animation, animation? It'll be Netflix computer animation. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's it's like Big Mouth or something like that. Yeah, or Dragon Prince, or just sure. that style of you know Shira, very basic yes. sort of doesn't look very good. <laughs> I mean, this is we got to hear. I, I get that something like Akira took like five years to make, but couldn't right. we do two and a half years? Couldn't we try one year? Yeah. But they spin these things out, and it's just this like flat, crappy animation. It's very unimpressive. It is. Do you think, um, what's his name? What's the kid's name in Gremlins again? Like, is he going to be in it? Billy? Yeah. Or is it going to be I don't be think he like... even acts anymore. Oh, well. But he could come out of retirement for it. Sure. No, I don't. And this is why. This is the pitch that we have about it. It's going to be a prequel. Oh, Cause boy. Because of, of course it is. Oh, my goodness. Because of course it is. And Mr. Wing, who is the... Speak, everything's about curio shops today. Yeah. Who's the curio shop owner. Right. In uh, one and two. will It'll be uh, him as a, as a young man, you know, probably Billy's age. Okay. Going on adventures with Gizmo. Okay. Which I think we knew that Gizmo was was old, but he's old. Yeah, apparently he's really old. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, did he ever mess up and like feed him after midnight or do something like that? How and... do you think he knows the rules? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Um. So we'll see some gremlin fun times. So. Yeah. Well. Uh, Kevin Riley, who's the uh, CCO, uh, that's Chief Creative Officer of mm-hmm. uh, Turner, said at the uh, TCA Winter Press Tour, that's the Television Critics Association uh, press tour, where they're basically like pitching their content to people, to the press, but also, you know, potential distributors, mm-hmm. uh, said that they're looking to mine in-house properties. And that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. We're going to suck Every, every drop of blood from this thing. Great. We're going to feed this after midnight. We're going to force feed it mm-hmm. like you're at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. 12.01, get the tubes. Yeah. This is not great. Gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> it's good. It's all transitions. Yeah. Speaking of uh, something that is being uh, mined, but perhaps uh, in a good way, we'll see. Looks like uh, ABC Studios is looking to turn Stumptown into a television show. Okay, yeah, I think I'd heard about this. Um, I think it could lend itself well to a, a TV show. I think Would that it... there are a couple TV shows that owe a lot to it. Oh, yeah? Like, I don't want to go check the photo finish, check the tape for uh, whether Alias or Stumptown came out first. But right. I think there's a lot of similar DNA between those two things. Okay, sure. And I think that they saw that a Jessica Jones show did pretty good, so they're like, let's do a Stumptown show. Right. Yeah, no, I think so, too. Um Will this drive the residents of Portland crazy? This is what I need to know. Why would it drive them crazy? They hate Portlandia. Not necessarily, from what I understand, because it sort of belittles them or makes them sort of quaint. They're quirky. They hate the fact that they're trying to get some pock pock and we're shooting all day at this place. Right, right. You know, they hate that they want to go to their feminist bookstore and they can't because... Because they're made fun of. On the... No, because it's they got a crew in front of it. Oh, I see. And a saying. catering truck. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it will. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they have some people like filming stuff there, but it's probably not as much as like Vancouver or something like that. Cause, like, uh, Vancouver, I think, is just happy to have it. Yeah, I mean, Vancouver, like, 
I feel like they there's so many shows like filming there. Um, I guess it has the potential to to drive them nuts, but hopefully it doesn't. I mean, it sounds like they don't want to be like a, another Hollywood. Um, well, enough of that. Yeah, it's starring Kobe Smulders. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I can see that. I thought she would be younger. Maybe that's just me, but... I don't think so. Oh. This is her, like, second career. Like, she was in the military or something before. Okay. So, I think she's supposed to be... A little bit older? Yeah. Oh, So, okay. in early middle age. Okay. But, of course, just like with Jessica Jones, they had an option to cast someone interesting. A Carrie Coon, for example. Carrie Coon... It's a good-looking lady, but, mm-hmm. you know, fine. But instead they cast, you know, supermodel Kristen Ritter, and it just doesn't... Right, Now I we're going to just, like, producers, we're going to sit and talk about women's looks and the value of them, but... Which isn't It just great. doesn't... It doesn't feel right for me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, And now yeah. they go out and cast, you know, Canadian Colby hottie Smulders. Kobe Smulders, and it's like, is this the right choice? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, oh, women can't be beautiful and military geniuses of course course they can can. but there's just so many more women in the world than ones with razor sharp cheekbones you know right 11 feet tall right exactly (sighs) so what um what what uh uh get right to it okay what is it where is this going to be on uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, we don't know. Um, oh, it's, so it's being, it's being developed, developed by ABC. Okay. Um, presumably for an ABC platform, but okay. you know, it doesn't have to be. Okay. It could land anywhere. All right. So maybe this is one that Netflix picks up. Maybe this goes to ABC Family, you know, or to Hulu or some streaming option. But okay. it will be developed by ABC Studios. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to a new. Toe Jam. Toe Jam. What? Big Earl. What? A new Toe Jam and Earl game. I have no idea what this is. Of course you don't. (laughs) Toe Jam and Earl was a Sega Genesis game from the early 90s. It was, (laughs) it was, um, depending on who you talk to, it was either imaginative and really amazing. Okay. uh, Or it was um, the E.T. of the Genesis. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it's about two aliens. They are funky aliens, and everything that being funky in 1991 entails. Okay. Word up! Oh, it'd be great if Jam wore a cod piece, but that's not true. <laughs> and they um, they're aliens who crash land on Earth or some other planet, and they've got to put their ship back together. I mean, it's literally ET, but okay. and it's very similar in that there are worlds, and you've you have to collect parts, and you face problems, and it's got a funky. Definitely made by white people soundtrack. Okay. It had character. Now, sure. was it manufactured character a la Gex, you know, or Rayman? Yeah, but for some reason it stuck around in gamers' minds. Sure. Probably a right time, right place thing. Sure. They made a sequel in like 93 or so that didn't do too didn't well. Do and I think they made like okay. an N-Gage <laughs> game or something like that in the early uh, 2000s okay. that did not do well at all. But all right. the big news is Macaulay Culkin is executive producing this game. Wow. Okay. So is he going to like do any of the voice acting or anything, do you think? Maybe. Yeah. What does his voice even sound like now? Um, I mean, it's fine. We're singing little... about pizza. No, it's not like that. 
I'm um, not afraid anymore. Right. You hear me? <laughs> I'm not afraid. He could do the keep the change, you filthy animal. Right. He's big now. He's a big boy. Yeah, he is. He, he's not a little kid anymore. <laughs> um. Okay. So he probably has nostalgia for the original game, too, is what oh, I'm yeah, thinking. For sure. So, um. huh. Interesting. Um. <laughs> Not really sure where. Is. Do you, so, do you, what do you think the new game is going to be? Do you, is it going to be something different, or are they going to? It's being kickstarted. Okay. Which I, I don't know what that tells you. Probably nothing. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it'll probably be a platformer, mm-hmm. and it will feature. Oh boy, will it feel like? <laughs> what if they? What if they leaned into it and it was like? Really funky, <laughs> but they got like collaborations with uh, current like hip hop stars and stuff like that. Oh, that'd so, like, be interesting. Like Lil Wayne is doing tracks on it or sure. something like that, or they're getting people to to do c- contribute some real music to it. I I think that would probably enrich in it. Don't I want to hear uh, Earl drop the N word. Oh no, no, no! Give me a beat. Her name is Carol. Yes. Miss Danvers, if you're nasty. <laughs> or if you're Mystique. Mystique, yes. Um, if your name is Mystique, you're in trouble. Yes. Because she's coming for you. Right. Until she sicks her adopted daughter on you. <laughs> and that's a whole different story. But we'll get to that. Uh, we're talking about Carol Danvers. Yes. As a character mm-hmm. who is the current Captain Marvel mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe. She got her start uh, earlier than that. Yes. In the pages of the Captain Marvel comic, Captain Marvel Volume 1, where she was merely... Carol Danvers. Yes. She was a uh, military officer with the U.S. Air Force Mm -hmm. who was a security chief for Cape Canaveral. Yes. And what that means, or her connection, is that uh, Marvell is a hero of the Kree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me finish. The alien Kree from the planet Kree Kree La or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, he's a Kree. (laughs) Right. And he comes to Earth uh, to be a superhero. Actually, he comes to invade it, but becomes a superhero. Mm -hmm. And that's... Related to space, because it's the late 60s, meaning he's hanging around Cape Canaveral, where he runs afoul of Carol Danvers. Yes. They have a kind of complicated connection with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, because at one point, Captain Marvel, that is Marvel, is fighting his nemesis and superior, Jan Rog, and they have a fight near a psych magnetron, which is a device yes. which, I don't know, is going to do something. And it explodes <laughs> and bathes him and Carol, who he's trying to save, in radiation and somehow alters her DNA, transfers his Cree abilities to her. Mm-hmm. So now she is Carol Danvers, but she is also Ms. Ms. Marvel. Marvel. Yes. What's the Ms.? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it like, um, like Ms. Magazine was maybe popular. <laughs> it was. But um, um, well, she, somebody mentioned Wonder Woman was her, on the first issue. Yeah. So somebody mentioned, well, your costume looks a lot like Marvel's, mm-hmm. And she's like... Yes, that reminds me. I'm connected to him somehow, but I don't know how. We haven't worked it out yet. No. So. <laughs> and Jerry Conway's not sure. <laughs> right, right. So she's like, you can call me Ms. Marvel. So I think she just came up with that on the fly. Um, and Oh, well, maybe the character did, but yeah. that's not what happened behind the scenes. Oh, I see. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. 
this is the beginning of this character's real rise to or uh, their ascendancy to being a uh, full-fledged Marvel superhero. Yeah. And in her, we, we read the uh, first couple issues, the first four issues of her self-titled comic that came out in 1977 mm-hmm. called Ms. Marvel. Yes. It was written by uh, Jerry Conway, who is a um, longtime uh, writer and um, uh, producer, uh, not producer, but like editor of comics. He's worth, worked both for uh, Marvel and DC. And he scripted the original uh, Death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. He was a writer on Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. And he also uh, went over to the other side and wrote uh, the JLA for for many years. Okay. Very nice. Yes. Uh, So a long history of writing comics. Oh, yes, yes. He's one of the luminaries uh, of comics. I should also mention that the character of Miss Marvel was originally created by Roy Thomas. Oh, okay. Who himself is a um, comics luminary. Uh, worked with Marvel, also I think did work with DC as well, and um, he was the first editor-in-chief um, after Stan Lee oh, okay. uh, stepped back from the role. Okay, very cool. And the original, uh, the first issue of uh, Ms. Marvel was um, written by uh, John Bushima and uh, also uh, had art helped by Joe Sinat, okay. who are two uh, luminaries as well. Okay, very nice. It's hard to tell who did what. We know that with the Marvel style, that means that like Jerry Conway is writing a basic script, then you know Bashima is like doing the art, and right. then you know, maybe they're working on the dialogue later. So it's a collaboration, and also in a lot of these issues, you'll get two or three names, you know, sometimes four names. So we're talking somebody's doing the breakdowns, which means like the general like panels and stuff. Somebody's doing mm-hmm. the finishes where they go in and like draw the nose on everybody. Sure. Then we've got an inker comes in, a colorist comes in. Right. And so this is a big collaborative uh, effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. What? Uh, give me the give me the shot. What's going on here in this Ms. Marvel? Um. Sure. So Carol Danvers is like has recently moved to New York. She left her job at NASA in Florida. Um, to pursue being a writer. Um, and uh, she's recently gotten a job with J. Jonah Jameson uh, and, uh, being the chief editor at, uh, for Women's Magazine. Um, I think it's Woman. Or Women Magazine, sorry. Um, and she keeps having these horrible migraines and blackouts and she has no idea why, um, um, and she doesn't understand what's happening to her, and she's very concerned about this. Um, we, as a reader, know when she blacks out, that's when she becomes Ms. Marvel. Right. But she doesn't know that, and so um, for the first, I think it's at least the first three issues, I think maybe she finds out in issue three, but... Um, so it's as if um, Ms. Marvel's memories and thoughts are separate from Carol Danvers' memories and thoughts right. until she realizes that she is one and the same. Right. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, and it's, it itself mm-hmm. is reminiscent of the hero, her namesake hero, Captain Marvel, because in the 70s when he became more of a superhero and like a cosmic defender – he got these thing, things called the Negabands, which gave him like these cosmic powers, and he was merged with Rick Jones. 
So when Rick Jones is walking around and, oh, my God, somebody's robbing the bank, he can hit the negabands together. Then he gets transported to the the negative zone and Marvell comes out and is Captain Marvel. And oh. so they, they both share a body. Okay. So it's kind of like that. It is. It also weirdly, and this won't happen for a while, but it, it's weirdly reminiscent of her setup with uh, with Rogue later on. In, after Rogue absorbs her mind, she will share a body with you know the mind of Carol Danvers, basically, who so- comes out sometimes. Sure. Um, and yeah. that is because, well, let's get it out now, this book is written for the first six issues or so by Conway, and then Chris Claremont takes over. Mm-hmm. And of course, needs no introduction, former guest on the show. Right. Well, former guest in our anecdotes on the show. Yes. And uh, he uh, was also writing X-Men around this time. So Miss Marvel becomes something of a sister book to X-Men. Which is that pretty cool. Things that are developed in one get show up in the other. Um, you, I don't think you read this far, but uh, later on she fights uh, Deathbird, uh, who is revealed to be you know one of the Shi'ar, um, an enemy of the Kree, and... Lilandra, of course, over in X-Men around this time, 75 or 6, is being introduced. The whole Shi'ar Empire thing is sure. being introduced. Mm-hmm. And so we've got connections like that. Um, so uh, Mystique, as a character, uh, appeared for the first time in Miss Marvel. And then That's was later, cool. Yeah, and later shown to be a mutant terrorist who uh, eventually joins Freedom Force, but is kind of doing her own thing with her Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, knockoff. And Rogue, of course, her adoptive daughter is fighting with them, and that's how she runs into Miss Marvel and ends up happening. Absorbing her. Yes. Yes. Um, so, like, Ms. Marvel is fighting um, a couple of different bad guys. Uh, one of them <laughs> is uh, the Scorpion, who yeah. I think, isn't he like a Spider-Man bad yeah, guy? Yeah, we well, Jonah John, John Jameson. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, MJ, uh, yes. Peter MJ shows up uh, real yep. fast. Peter Parker. Uh, yeah, and then the Scorpion is here as well. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another guy who is another kind of mad scientist who calls himself the Destructor. The Destructor, yes. yes. What, a, what a clever name. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and Aim is also in this. Yes, so, and I mean, Modoc that's kind of fun. shows up as well. Oh, okay. I haven't read that far. But um, oh, he's that's been not there. Surprising. But it's been like and a figure, a shadowy figure, is looking at a monitor. Oh, sure. Only it's hard to hide like Modok's silhouette. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> a giant head with a tiny hand is looking at a monitor. I know. <laughs> I know which Pokemon that is. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it it kind of goes from from there. Yeah. Yeah. Having her. Well, let's talk about J. Jonah Jameson in a second. Yep. Uh, having her be presented as a quote-unquote strong woman yep. who specifically is writing a magazine that is about feminism. Yes. This was Marvel's attempt to plug into the feminism fad. It's not a fad. Right. Because it's a social movement right. that has succeeded and is continuing to succeed. But. Also, you have to exploit things as somebody who is writing something that's popular. Mm-hmm. And so they did that. And there's a very interesting letter in the first letter column of the issue of Ms. Marvel number one. Okay. Uh, where Jerry Conway talks about why they're doing this. Oh. And I'd recommend that anybody um, read it. 
you know, letter column, you add, you answer letters from fans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any letters. It's the first issue. Right. And so he just prints this letter, and it's basically him talking about why they're doing this. And he also says specifically that we know, and he doesn't mention anybody by name, and I don't, I can't think of anybody right now, but we know that uh, other companies, we know that the, the idea of a feminist quote unquote character is very popular right now. Okay, like maybe a, a Wonder Woman or something like that. Well, Wonder Woman's always been around. That's true. You know, but yeah, she did get a sort of, you know, we talked about Ms. Magazine, the real Ms. Yeah. Magazine. Um, but he says, like, we're not trying to do this cynically. This is really important to us. And, you know, we're doing this for a reason. We called her Ms. Marvel specifically to identify her as a feminist character. That's why we're doing this. It's not like she's just going to have some ass and titties out there. Right. And also she's the female version of... Marvel. Kind of taking a stab at Supergirl, who yeah. herself was also getting into, like, feminism storylines at this time. Sure. Th- that being said, let's... H- how many cutouts can we put in this costume? Right. And have it still be clothes? <laughs> Uh, and I should say that as this book goes on, they th- kind of fix that. They fill in all, like, why is her navel exposed? I have no idea. Why are we? Why do we see her lower back? I know. They fill all that in, so it's just like a one piece. Okay. She's still got those stupid scarves. I know. And well, and then she every, calls them scarves, and I thought it was like a case that was split. Yeah. But every issue, somebody grabs her by the scarf. I know. And throws her into something. It reminds me. <laughs> and she never goes, why do I have these damn scarves? It reminds me of what's Edna her, Mode. Edna Mode, yes. <laughs> yeah. From The Incredibles. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So so this uh, this letter's just really interesting. And I don't want to like, you know, break my uh, arm uh, jerking him off. But I think that it shows that even at this time... These things go in cycles, you know, and you get mm-hmm. people that are like very um, self-consciously woke like today, you know, sure. like, well, I just consider that, you know, women should be running everything. And it's mm-hmm. like, OK, all right. Well, all right. Interesting. Um, you probably. Uh, ooh la la. Somebody got late in college. Right. <laughs> he also talks about why he's doing this. Okay. Why is he doing this? Like why why is not a female writer doing this? Oh, okay. And this is the one part where it sort of falls down. He actually gives three reasons. But. One of the reasons is I wanted this challenge. Another reason is anybody should be able to write this character if we write it well, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. And his third reason is uh, there just aren't any women to take this place. Oh, well, that's kind of And I'm like, it's 1977. I think Ando Shanti would probably want to have a word with you. I think, well, actually, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of right. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, well, then give it to somebody. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, Specifically, there are people like, and if you continue to read, the, this is one where you should read the letters page because all the letters come from fans and they all have very interesting sort of takes. They're like, thank you so much for a character like this. Or you even get, is this a good idea? Definitely. It's a guy. It's a guy writing that letter. Right. Um, There are, it's funny. I don't think we don't have this anymore, but there is a class of people, class, I don't know, called letter hacks, which are basically people who became famous for always writing in. Their letters are always being published. And Mm -hmm. some of those people went on to actually do stuff, one of whom was a woman named Joe Duffy, who was a letter hack and letter writer, who was eventually got a job at Marvel as um, editor or something like that. And right before she got her job, she wrote a a letter uh, that was published, and it's all about how she's like, this is a good thing and a bad thing. She's like, this is great that this exists. Why is it being written by men? 
why are we seeing her butter all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like really honest about calling him out about the stuff, but at the same time, she's excited that a character like this exists. Right, right. And I think that that's me well, too. It, it's you know <laughs> not me too. Well, I mean, I, I know what you meant. Um, I I think it's always rewarding when you see somebody who is you know somewhat like you in some ways like in in stories and in comics, you do wear that like, scarf all the time <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you know you see somebody like you represented in a way like you know with like the way that they're still trying to make comics more diverse i think today um yeah. and um you know pushing the boundaries of what that means yeah when Kirby and and Lee uh, created Gabriel Jones, you know, the one black Helen commando. Right. Of course, he played jazz trumpet. Of course. Because that's as far as these guys could get. Right. But he also was just another member of the commandos. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? He was as important as anybody else. Yes. No, exactly. Um, And I think um, I'm glad that the Captain Marvel movie is coming out. Um, I kind of, you know, wish we had had a female-led superhero movie from Marvel sooner. I just want to know how she feels about whether she can have a baby because of this Kree radiation. Oh, That's boy. the real important question. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Written by a woman. Yeah. Uh, half directed by a woman. Yes. So, I mean, good good start, but we'll see. Uh, back to Miss Marvel. Yes. Um, I mean, you... Got it, pretty much. I mean, I think more than... This is an older comic book. Yeah. It is not decompressed storytelling. Mm-mm. So it's just every week something happens and it leads into something else. And so as far as plot, I mean, we could talk about specific things, but it's probably more we should talk about the world of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a love interest named Michael Burnett or something like that. Oh, I didn't realize he was her love interest. Like, oh, I, am, I read he's just her shrink. He's her shrink. <laughs> It's the 70s. Everybody's a feminist. Everybody has a shrink. I, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you get as far to where she hires um, the older woman to be her co-editor? No. Okay. I haven't so gotten that far yet. Later on, they she um, I can't remember the character's name, but she finds a woman who was one of her um, journalistic heroes. Oh, okay. And like hires her to be her co-editor, co-editor which... She kind of needs because, and this is a, something that we still get. Nowadays, it's easy to be a superhero. You're just going along, living your life, and then beep, beep. Oh, no, I got to fight Modoc. Right. Let's go. Right. It's fine. In the 60s and 70s, in the Spider-Man style, it ruins your life. Everybody loves Captain Marvel. Right. Thinks Carol Danvers is an irresponsible jerk. Because right. she's always running yes. out of like key art meetings to right. save the world. Yes. And so we get that, and it turns out that it's good that we've got this character because she keeps the magazine running when Carol's swatting off into space and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, also, when we start off, like that character is like specifically say that she was like an alcoholic. Oh, really? And so Carol's like, look, I need to like rely on you here. Like, you know, are you clean? Right. And the lady's like, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. I haven't read enough to know if it's a problem. If, if it is a problem or not. Although I do know when Kurt Busick took over the character, he did have Carol struggle with alcohol. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So she's got that in her past. Okay. You know, she's <laughs> the less said about the uh, the auto-induced rape or whatever, the better. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the rape of Captain Marvel. 
Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, except... You can literally look up the article by Carol Strickland called The Rape of Captain Marvel, which is about the storyline in which this character, uh, Marcus, I think is his name, not sure, um, was a son of Immortus, who is Kang, basically, and he falls in love with Carol, and he basically like brainwashes her and it's ambiguously written because mm-hmm. there's definitely some like you love me ooh stuff right, going on right. but Carol's like super cool with it and he takes her away to another dimension and she that's like the character just disappears basically that's the end of the character and she b- gives birth to a son who then grows up to be him I think you've run this past me before yeah. because this sounds awfully and familiar. all the Avengers are like good luck you guys wow yep Nobody's helping. Well, guess who didn't like that? Um, Chris Claremont. Yeah, good. And he fixed it when he brought her back. Um, well, she didn't have her own book. I can't remember if it was in X-Men or... I think it was in like Avengers 200. He brought her back and she's basically like, what the hell, you guys? Like, you let this you guy do? roofie me and just take me away. Yeah. And so that was kind of a rift in, for those characters for a while. So much so that she basically just quit the Avengers and just started hanging out with the X-Men. Oh. And a lot of that has to do with Chris Claremont really loved the character and he's writing sure. X-Men, so he has her hang out with the X-Men. Sure. It's at this time that, and again, I think it seems like bad things are happening to ladies, but yeah. bad things happen to all the X-Men. She is kidnapped by the brood and experimented upon. Great. And the experiments affect her Cree physio- physiology so that she develops these energy powers and becomes a new hero called a Binary. Wow. Okay. So she has like she's connected to like a like a white hole, like a quasar or something like that. And she can shoot energy and absorb energy and she's got all these powers. Okay. Now later those powers fade, but she retains the ability to absorb and project energy. Okay. So this is a complicated character with a complicated yes, backstory with absolutely. many fathers, unfortunately. And now mothers. Yeah. So as always, I am excited to see how Marvel cinema simplifies that. Yes. And they usually do a good job. Yes. But I just don't know how you can have Carol Danvers without Marvell. I don't know how you can either because they just seem so Will there be a connected. weird Yeah. Will there be like a cameo by a weird white haired like person in the flashback scenes where she's on a, right. an Air Force base? Right. And then later on we'll get a, a Marvel film. Right. Which will be called Captain Mar- Marvel Mar-Vel? Zero. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Get minus one. <laughs> We don't know. No. So, yeah. So, she's super strong. She can fly. At first, thanks to her costume, and later on, she uh, develops, she gets hit with more radiation, don't ask, and develops the ability to fly. Uh, She's super tough. Uh, She has a seventh sense. Yes. Which is similar. Can you explain that? Because you only have five senses, so why (laughs) is it the seventh sense? I'll do one better. Okay. It's seventh sense. It's yeah. similar to uh, to Captain Marvel's uh, cosmic awareness, okay. in that it's sort of a psychic power that sort of lets him know, or lets her know, in this case, you know what's going to happen, where she should be. Right. It's also kind of Spider Manny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it keeps her from being stabbed in the back. Right. And then later on, we get full on scenes where they're just setting up. It's like a. A TV show. It's like a dead zone or something like that. She's like, she's going to, she sees something horrible that's going to happen in the first three or four pages. And then in the last three or four pages, she's in the middle happens. of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, yeah. you know, it's a neat, uh, repeatable 
um, exploitable yes. story structure. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. I just wasn't sure why it was the seven cents. The entire time I was reading it, I was Six like, Six cents not enough. Only five senses, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I guess they wanted it to sound different than a sixth sense. I don't know. Um, they guess they yeah they wanted it to sound more alien or something like that I don't know I guess so um, I want to talk about poor J Jonah Jameson okay let's do it now he's not poor no he's an asshole yeah he's a jerk he's designed that way but mm-hmm. I think this is the first time and I'm not totally sure about this I don't know his entire publication history but it's the first time that I think he had to sort of take one for the team yeah he's g- grasping and exploitative and a jerk. And he hates Spider-Man. And it's one thing to think vigilantes aren't great. It's another thing to like pay to have Mark uh, Matt Gargan experimented on so he can become the Scorpion. Yeah, you're I kind know. of the part of the problem at that point. Yes, but we know that he is an antagonist to our hero, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Fine. Now we need to give Carol Danvers a jump start. Yes, and give her uh, an ongoing antagonist. So we put him in there, and yeah. because her thing is women are great, mm-hmm. he has to be. Women suck. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, aw. <laughs> I feel it's a character assassination. Like, yeah. sure, he's a jerk, but it doesn't mean he has to hate women. You I know what know. I mean? But suddenly right away he's like, I don't know why you're not in the kitchen and you're here in this office. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, It's like, what if he was, okay, guy's an asshole, hates Spider-Man, who he should love because he's saved the city numerous times. Right. But then he's like, what do you think about this feminism thing? He's like, I think it's fine. I went to college with old Glory Steinem. Right. And uh, she could drink me under the table. You know, what What if we got something like that? But yeah. instead, it's just like these broads, I don't know. I know. <laughs> None of the guys want to write this woman magazine. Although it does, but yeah, exactly. But it does fit that he's publishing a feminist magazine, but for the most mercenary motivations you yes. could think of. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to get scooped by the Tribune or whatever. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so very um, basic, but it's just like you know, he he they they just you you can't yeah I do feel bad for the guy because they kind of paint him as just he's just a jerk he he doesn't like Spider Man but he 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 doesn't like Ms Marvel either yeah you know like she comes and she saves him at one point and he's not super grateful but like. She she makes sure he's not floating over the acid anymore, but his hands are still handcuffed, and she just, like, goes away. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. that's something that we should talk about. Oh, and I'll say real quick that, I mean, I guess that's what a character like Jameson's for. I guess. Because as the world evolves, he just becomes the person that represents those bad impulses, those negative emotions in us. Yeah. In the recent PS4 Spider-Man game, he has a podcast. Of course he does. And on that podcast, he just rails all day long like a pundit about things that he doesn't like. And it's a very Alex Jonesy, Infowarsy type thing, which is exactly what he should be doing in the 21st century. Right. That's just, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I hate to compare him to Alex Jones. I have a lot of affection for the character, but sometimes it's not enough for him to just be like, well, he's a real jerk, but his heart's in the right place. Right. That's like a Perry White. Like, J. Jonah Jameson has to kind of be a bad guy, or at least he has to, even if he doesn't believe what he's saying, he knows it'll sell papers. He's Hearst. 
Yeah. He's William Randolph Hearst. Right. You know, he's Citizen Kane, basically. Yeah. Yeah. A two-bit Citizen Kane. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, let's talk about the warring personalities of Ms. Marvel and Carol Danvers. Okay. Sure. Um, because you're right. She just flies off because she's like, no, oh, you're fine. Yeah. And that's what Cree Warrior, Ms. Mar- uh, Ms. Marvel, yes. <laughs> would do. Yes. Whereas Carol Danvers might be, I should probably help my boss get out of this so I can he can sign my paychecks. Right, right. Exactly. Um, I think Ms. Mar- Marvel, or Ms. Marvel is, is just very straightforward. I think she's a straight shooter, um, literally. Uh, I think... She, um, you know, uses her seventh sense to the best of her ability and uh, is able to kind of anticipate what the bad guy's moves might be, um, that sort of thing. What's Um, her motivation? That is a good question. I don't feel like that in itself is ever specifically dealt with, at least in the first four issues that I um, that I read. Um, I think she just wants to to help people and uh, she, you know, she's a superhero and I think she takes that very seriously. Well, she wants to fight. Yeah. And she's a warrior. Yeah. A yeah. Warrior yeah. Born. That's true. Yeah. And she's going to, uh, you know, cave in the heads of all these Khaled Spawn. Right. Uh, in the name of uh, Hala and Supremor. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my thing. It's like she's got and this is interesting, too. I like the fact that Carol, and this is dealt with, first of all, <laughs> nice work, uh, guys. Nice work, Jerry Conway. Uh, the uh, the bad guy's base is in a, no, a department store. Uh, yeah, I Every know. woman's nightmare. How could you corrupt this wonderful place? <laughs> Got guns in the perfume counter. You bastards. I know, right? All right. At least she doesn't have like a radio in her compact or something like that right but and they actually do this at one point like i don't feel i feel like carol danvers would just do it like she would just fight yeah and they have a death bird attacks her at one point and she's like i don't want miss marvel to come out i'm gonna take care of this and she starts fighting death bird okay. and then miss marvel eventually like forces her to change into miss marvel like what are you doing you're gonna get us killed like i'm right. the warrior here right so it's not like a She-Hulk thing where Jennifer Walters is a shrinking violet, you know, and she has a lot of issues, which always come out with these, you know, gamma radiation types. Mm-hmm. And She-Hulk is everything, her Tyler Durden. She-Hulk is everything that she wants to be. Right. And is tough and glamorous and stuff like that. Instead, you've got these two, two willful women who are both fighting over one body. And one yeah, of them isn't lesser true. because of that. Right. So that's cool. Here's something else that's cool and interesting, and I'm glad that they don't push it the gas on it too much because it would have been complicated for the 70s but remember miss marvel is a guy basically is she she is carol danvers mind but is imprinted with the dna and mind marvell of marvell okay and this is before marvell goes all goofy and like hippie and like cosmic like this he is trying to fight his programming but he is a kree soldier and they're all brainwashed you know you know stormtrooper type soldiers sure so that's kind of there as well. And they don't try to figure out this whole Victor Victoria thing. Right. Because it's like a man in a woman's body. Thank God. Right. <laughs> we didn't dive into that. But it's a very different personality, mm-hmm. even though it has elements of Carol's personality. Now, sure. spoiler alert, Chris Claremont is a smart guy and he knows what is going to fall off when we get up to speed here. So somewhere around issue 12, he just goes, it's forget that. 
forget it. Yeah. She's okay. having a fight and it's a long story, but she basically, you know, she comes to realize that that's just like a mental block, basically. Like the trauma of this happening to her um, forced her mind to, to bifurcate. Nice work. Psych- psychiatrist friend didn't right. uh, pick up on that. Right. But uh, and she's able to kind of reconcile those two halves. So she still has, you know, those sort of Cree thoughts and stuff like that. But she's right. also Carol at the same time. Right. And that's okay. that's what we have now, basically. That's yeah. the modern Captain Marvel. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but those scarves are going to stick around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Then we go to the straight bathing suit. Yeah, I know, right? Great. <laughs> um, um, do we want to talk at all about how, like, now Ms. Marvel is a different character? We could. Completely? We could. Um, I don't know. Um, Kamala Khan, isn't that her last yes. name? Yes. Yes. Um, so she's a, a different character and she's got different powers. She can like grow big or can't she like shrink small too? Yes. Uh huh. And like stretch her body parts and that sort of thing. Um, so she's got very different powers than Miss Marvel, um, or Captain Marvel and doesn't, I think Captain Marvel actually shows up in a couple of her books, doesn't she? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. She really doesn't have anything to do with it's, Captain it's, Marvel at it's all. It's name only, yeah. really. She's just, she, you know, it, in this universe of... And w- before we talk about that, though, we should talk about... All right, we talked about the reap. We talked about her coming back as binary. Yes. There was... I'm not sure what it is exactly, but there was... I think a lot of it is... <laughs> A lot of it's down to Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, okay. Because uh, I think that whether he has an affection for the character or he just saw that the time was right, he started including her in a lot of stuff. Okay. And so she's a big part of like company crossovers and like Civil War. It was really House of M that she started to really come to prominence. Okay. In House of M, you know, the Scarlet Witch changes reality so that, you know, right. mutants are on top. And there's like one human superhero that's not a mutant and that everybody loves. And she's Captain Marvel. And okay. this is Carol Danvers. This is the first time we see her as Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. And just like a lot of things that get tried out in comic books, it's all just like, what do you think about that? Right. Uh, people liked it. And so that kind of came into our actual world. And so she was still um, Ms. Marvel for a while, or like Warbird was her new, you know, more oh. modern name. Okay. And then she got more involved with the Avengers again. And then eventually she, you know, under Kelly DeConnick, took on uh, the role of Captain Marvel. Right. So that's kind of where we are there. So in this new uh, 21st century Marvel universe, she is a premier hero. She is somebody that Kamala Khan looks up to and says, like, I want to be her someday. Right. And so when she becomes, you know, gets her pterogenesis or whatever, she decides, I'm going to be Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Hope that's okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um... Will there be a Kamala No, it's the 90s. I know. Will there be a... Mrs. Khan <laughs> walking around. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, who do you think Jude Law is going to be if he's we not going to he be? Is. Who we do? Yes. Who is he? Lala. Spoilers for anybody who doesn't want to know. Okay. He's Jan Rog. Oh, so he's Marvel's um, rival. Rival. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why did they decide to not have Marvel in it? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't understand. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Because we don't do origin stories in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Because here's know, your first Captain Marvel movie. First Captain Marvel movie. Carol, did you get that report yet? I'm working on it. Boy, it's tough being a security chief at right. Cape NASA. Canaveral. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. So skip that. Um, she's already a Kree warrior. Then through flashbacks or memory flashes or whatever, we'll see her being, you know, abducted, abducted by uh, Kree warriors. And at Benning's giving her the juice, telling her what, what the deal is. Right. And then, yeah, we'll kind of get up to speed that way. Okay. It's, you know, it's too bad because Captain Marvel is so... And I don't want to make our Captain Marvel show about Marvel. This is about Carol Danvers. Yes. But... For the history of Marvel Comics, he's such an important character, and they killed him off in 1984 yes. or whatever it was. Didn't we read that? The death, death of Captain Marvel? Yeah, we absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, and he stayed dead. Yeah. And he's still dead. Yeah. And we've got legacy heroes, but he's dead. Yes. A character that died in 1984 and never came back yeah. is not going to be <laughs> the star of a Marvel movie these days. Yeah, okay. But it sucks to lose him as part of the legacy the long legacy of these characters especially in a phase cycle whatever it is yeah where they are reaching back to the 1990s the eternals yeah I know. no not the 90s okay no pouches we're not yeah. doing that okay uh but they're reaching back to characters like the eternals you know reaching back like groot groot was made in 1950 something you know yeah what I, mean? I know uh just reaching back into this stuff all the cosmic stuff guys are all Old Starlin, Kirby, Englehart creations, you know, mm-hmm. that aren't even really relevant in comics now. But right. it's just weird and cool. And plus, got to feed this money wood chipper. Right. <laughs> you put uh, linen in and money flows out the other end. I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, it's a weird technology. Cree technology. Yes. The psych moneytron. Yes. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he was just so... I just he was just so cool and he was just sort of such a model for what superheroes would become and what they were thought to be. Plus in, in that era of like these are normal people. Like Tony Stark flies in his Iron Man suit and then he comes home and he's like it's 5:30 I could probably have a drink. Right. Or like Spider-Man's trying to get to his you know job on time. Right. But this shocker's robbing a bank. Yeah. He's going to be late again right. for the fifth time. Exactly. And Marvel's like, yeah, I don't, I'm a spaceman. I'm space Jesus. It doesn't matter to me. So he's right. doing all this other stuff, and he can fly, and he's super strong, and it's a, it's almost like a DC type thing, you know? He's like this godlike character, mm-hmm. and that seems to be where they want to go. Like they keep stressing over and over and over again that Captain Marvel is the most powerful hero in the yes. cinematic universe, and I'm like, arm wrestle Thor, yes. then we'll talk. I know, right? But that's fine if they want to say that. That's fine, but let's really see that you know mm-hmm. and i think that in this she I, I mean i don't think she could stand toe to toe in the first couple issues uh, with thor in the first couple issues of this book mm-hmm. but they specifically show and tell you that she is physically dominant yes you know she fights the scorpion she fights the destructor later yes. on she fights you know modok or whoever and she is just laying people out you yeah. know like like laundry like she is they always think they have the drop on her And she's sometimes using her wits, but she is just cold cocking dudes Mm -hmm. left and right. Mm -hmm. And you, Wonder Woman is the only place you would have seen that. Yeah. You know, Black Widow is going to sting them or she's going to flip around on something. You just did not see this with female characters. Right. Until She-Hulk and Captain Marvel. Right. So, yeah, proportionately, 
Yes, she is absolutely an extremely powerful character and is defined by her strength. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a universe where we've got a Hulk and a Thor and a Thanos, when she shows up, she has she's going to be like, let me just pick up this mountain. Right. There's some loose change under here. Right, exactly. But, I mean, it's it's a tough, it's a weird, tough place to come in. Yeah, it because is. Because you, you're going to come in right after a guy handed the Hulk his ass and right. killed half the universe. Yes. So to be as powerful or more powerful than that, it's like, well, where do we go? How do we challenge the character? Well, right. And, like, where was she when all of this stuff was happening? Like... During space stuff. During space stuff, we're gonna we're gonna just sell it as that. I still think that we we love this thing with Shield and with um, like Nick Fury, mm-hmm. where they have their own devious agenda, right? And that it's in the comics too, but I still think that she's like on Earth. Really? Yeah, I think that the <laughs> I think that we're gonna have a mini Kree Scroll War, and again, how can you have a Kree Scroll War without Rick Jones? But whatever. Right. Uh, we're gonna have a mini one of those, like you know, in orbit above Earth. Okay. And then Marvel's going to stop it. And they're going to go, good job, and hit a button and, zzz, and like, you know, incapacitate her and then just right. like throw her in a vault or freezer or something and be like, the next time one of those things happens, we're going to let this one out. <laughs> I think she's Project Pegasus. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Fury, you know, disappears. And as he's disappearing, he's like, we think he's calling her, like, what's up? Right. New ba- new beeper, who dis? Right. But instead, it's like activating the Marvel initiative, and it'll defrost her, and then she'll... She'll show up. Show up. Okay. And be mad. Yeah, she'll be real mad. Yeah. Um, and that'll be uh, first or second scene of the post-credits. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it'll, be like a, it'll be like a Captain America thing. Yeah. You know? Which <laughs> we've talked about is it's kind of dumb, but he's like, I I know that g- I was at that game. Yeah, there's no way I could be listening to it on the radio. Right, exactly. Duh, we found out, you guys. I know. We're shield. Duh. I know they didn't. They didn't. They tried, but uh, they 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 messed up pretty bad. Do you think in this last show, in the last few minutes of this show, before we actually see this film, do you think that they? How do you think that they will c- explain? Captain Marvel. Mm. Um, because there will there be a Marvel? I don't know. We don't know. But you've got a character who is literally the name of your studio. It'd be like if you had Paramount Man or something. Right. Exactly. Coming Um, soon to theater near you. (laughs) Um, I I think they're gonna explain that she's very powerful. She's very cosmic. She's marvelous. there's no oh, way. Come God. on, it's gonna be better than that. I hope it's better than that. Is what's her call sign? What? What do you mean? What's her call sign? She's a pilot, right? Yeah. So Monica Rambeau's mom is Photon. We probably, I don't know. I gotta look at the stills or something like that. You think her call sign is like she's she's marvelous or she's? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you think of this? Is a minor thing, but what do you think of them changing her cat's name from Chewie to Goose? Like, I mean, you're Marvel Studios, you're owned by Disney. Disney also owns, like, uh, Star Wars. What's the big deal? Why did they change it? I think, and I think it's, I don't think it's necessary, because I think a hot 15 minutes of this movie is going to be Top Gun with girls. Right. Which, when's that coming out? Right. (laughs) I want to see that. But um, I think that's, they want to have an explicit reference there. Also, if you name the cat Chewie, Mm -hmm. That, no, they already did that because Spider-Man's like, that really old movie. 
I guess he never says Empire Strikes Back. No. It could be doesn't. any movie. Yeah. Once you make it fiction in your universe, mm-hmm. then you can't have the Han Solo Captain Marvel team up. Oh, I see. Well, that would have been fun. Um, that's my that's my idea. Okay. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh I guess it's okay that the cat's name is Goose. It's not that big of a deal, but I think it's Warbird. I think they give her the call sign Warbird. Oh, okay. Which is, um, it's kind of a mouthy. Warbird? Yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Goose. No, it doesn't. What would you name her? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. Um, I think just like Marvell or something like that. Um, (laughs) um, I mean, we already call Captain America Cap so um well that's my thing like we're losing one Cap and we're getting another so will they make an explicit connection for her to take over yeah will the torch be passed will he give her the shield you know yeah uh, (laughs) right Endgame that's a good question um it's a fantastic question um I mean from one captain to another I could see that happening Plus, um, does she have the rank of captain? Supposedly, she. I read something somewhere that she's actually even higher up than captain now, or something like that. Like what in the comics? Yeah. So she took a promotion or to be something like that. To be Miss Marvel. Yeah, like like she <laughs> or a, a demotion. She yeah, like she's like I can't remember what it is, but like she's she's higher than captain supposedly. So. Well, whatever it is. Uh, that would be a major. Yeah. Uh, yes. Whatever it is, um, I, I, we don't know. No. Because unless I've, in my quick glance through the internet at the uh, pictures that we've have been revealed, we see um, uh, Maria Rambeau's call sign, but not Captain Marvel's. Oh, okay. I'll have to watch that trailer again. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that they they gave it out. Um, so. So it looks like this movie will be an interesting synthesis. Of the old and the new, and something yes. that really got to me. I know about these issues. I'd never actually read these issues before, mm-hmm. and I was struck, uh, smacked, if you will, in the face uh, by how I didn't know about this whole duality thing. Oh, that like she didn't. Yeah, she was like blacking out and stuff. And like it that. looks like that's that's what the movie's about. Yeah, because she ha- keeps having these flashes of her past, and you got to give it to him one more time for. Mm-hmm. Not being slavishly devoted to the original material, but being aware of it, going yeah. back to it. They Including sat down and it. went, Captain Marvel movie, what have we got? Right. Oh, Jerry Conway, love that. And looked at what was there and then mm-hmm. found a way to sort of modernize it and, and dovetail it in with, you know, the Captain Marvel and the, the, the reboot and the Kelly DeConnick stuff. And yes. It looks like they did a good job. Yeah. Well, I would say so. So... Give it a rating. <laughs> Give it a rating? The I don't comic? know. I'm trying to get out of this. Um, I mean, basically, this is all leading up to us watching Captain Marvel next week. Yeah, so um, give me some predictions for the film. Give me okay. your final thoughts about the comic. Uh, I'm going to give the comic a rating of four out of five. I thought it was pretty strong. Um, I I think it's a good uh, starting place if you haven't read a lot of Captain Marvel comics before. Um, and... Um, I'm actually looking forward to reading past issue number four. I think I'm going to read till I get to uh, some of the Chris Claremont stuff. Um, 
And uh, yeah, just I might try to read a couple of other comics too before the movie comes out. Um, I just kind of want to get uh, an overall kind of more of an idea of like her comic background before seeing the film. Um, predictions for the film. Um, I think she's definitely going to remember who she was before uh, on <clears throat> Earth. Um, and uh, maybe she'll even go visit these people that she's having flashes of, like Monica Rambo or something like that. Try to kind of... Um, Maria Rambo. Uh, Maria Rambo, sorry. Yeah. We'll uh, see that Maria has a daughter. Yeah. Um, and like try to like maybe um, get her memory back by interacting with them. Cast Monica Rambo. Rihanna. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, no. <laughs> um, she has to be a, a contemporary of Brie Larson, I'm guessing. Yes. So. Well, no. I mean, Brie Larson, the actress. Yeah. Same age. Right. Carol Danvers, you know, the character. No, because this is all in the 90s and right. not now. So. Right. Um, the, as evidenced by the Nine Inch Nails shirt and the Blackbuster right. video. Exactly. Uh, of course. Annoying. Gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I predict a pog takedown in the film. A pog takedown. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Some hot pog takes. Okay. Maybe um, a couple slap LA, bracelets. LA riots reference. Okay. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, because she's gonna blow up a train or whatever, and Samuel Jackson's gonna be like, make people nervous. Last time the <laughs> train was on fire, it was a bad time around here. Right. Um. Hmm. Is this like the beginning of, uh, uh, wow, I'm blanking, of Samuel L. Jackson's characters like working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and that sort of thing? Well, he said in the trailer that we've seen, it's like, I was, I've been doing something for 25 years or whatever, and I was ready to hang it up. But Tell then I met you. you fell on the sky. Right. That's true. And I met this cute cat. <laughs> it's all about the cat, really. Um, this is a shocking, a shocking lack of knowledge about young black actresses uh, on both of our parts. Yes, <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, Angela Bassett, if we could make this movie 20 years ago. I was thinking Jada Pinkett Smith, if we could make it like a little bit. Like, I'm going to veto that one. Oh, okay. Um, um, Was it Baps? Hmm? <laughs> right, is it? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> was it Jada Smigget? Jada Smigget? Smigget Smith? Smigget Smith? In, in Baps? Oh, I don't know. Um, hmm. <laughs> Got a pop this culture is, detective This is terrible. Um, uh, we can't, you can't just say, uh-uh. So you got to come down I, on something. I, I don't know. She was not. It was Halle Berry. Oh, it was Halle Berry. Okay. Yeah. Halle Berry. Um, sure, Halle Berry. Um, this is terrible. Um, I feel like I should know way what more. Well, um, um is bad, bad radio. So what qualities should she have? Um, she should be tough. She should be a soldier. Um, she should have a will to fight. So... Uh, Dania Garai or whatever, she's already 
Okoye, so I guess that's out. Oh. But she would have been great. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Dang it, Black Panther. <laughs> you filled up our quota of black actresses. <laughs> Nobody left. Angela Bassett would have been great, too. Yeah. I already said that. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, Lupita Nyong'o, who was also in Black Panther. Dang it, Black Panther. <laughs> Well, we'll have to come back next week, and we promise we'll give a definitive cast list for a Captain Marvel 2. But you got to see the first one first. That's right. And so that's what we'll be doing. We'll be back next week with a review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe film, Captain Marvel. And until then, you should find us on the social medias. Find us out there on the Facebooks, the Twitters. Join, merge your DNA with us <laughs> and struggle with a personality in your mind. That personality is just enough trope trying to take control <laughs> and like ruin your dinner dates and stuff. There's yeah, one point, there's one part where, um, and something else I like about the book is that there's continuity, but Claremont maybe was getting this instruction, but like would also just, he would do immediate rest starts. So Carol would be like, I don't know if we can do this. And then later on, it's like, Carol's doing something else. And you're like, what? And then it would go like, I remember when this happened. And then there's like two or three panels of like how it wrapped up. Oh, okay. So it'll start with like, Carol's like, I'm going to get you, Modoc. And then we start a new issue. She's stopping a bank robbery. And it's a couple weeks later. And Miss Marvel's like, Carol's been kind of down. You know, I'm trying to help her out. So I'm going to fly her to work. And she gets to work and she changes back into Carol Danvers. And she's in her nighty. And, ah. and Carol Danvers is like, Miss Marvel, you can't just, I have to get ready for work. You can't just fly out the window. <laughs> so... Yeah, but um, they didn't get to those moments quick enough because it's not soon after that that she um, basically just unites her mind. So oh, okay. If they had done that little whoop, 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 little, right. little earlier, but whatever. Um, so do that with us, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, on, on the social medias. Also, uh, find us on your podcatcher of choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM. There's a new weird one. What's oh. it called? Oh, I shouldn't have said it if I couldn't remember. But there's another one that we're on that's, uh, I was like, oh, we're on there. Great. <laughs> you can get us anywhere. So look for us. And uh, we're Just Enough Trope. Uh, subscribe to us. Best way to get the show. Give us a review. Let us know how you think we're doing. We want to hear that. And give us a rating. It's probably the most important part. Mm -hmm. When you give us that rating, hopefully a high one, we move up in the ranks and we can reach more people and get the word out there about this JET thing. So to that end, give us five cats okay <laughs> named goose which we're gonna find out something about this cat aren't we yeah i think we probably are no wait i thought the cat is an alien that she got in, in the so if she doesn't remember who she is yes and she goes to a shield base yes why is her cat there i don't know how That's is this gonna question. work i don't know did the cat also receive powers in the accident I don't know if So she's flying her plane or something, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And the cat's with and her. And an explosion happens and the energy, yeah, the cat has got a little helmet on. <laughs> cat's like, salute, <laughs> paws up. They're taken off from a carrier and yeah. the cat also gets it. So the cat's got the powers too. Yeah, I like your your idea. I like the way you're coming from it. Wasn't there a something like that where the... There, there's something in the comics where Rocket Raccoon is like talking to the cat and he's like, there's something more going on with your cat. And then it turns out that her cat is an alien. We right. find that out yeah, later. Yeah. 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 
But I thought there was some other superhero that was like, they got a thing and then, oh, their dog got it too. Because why not? There probably is. <laughs> or like crypto. Isn't crypto just like a Kryptonian dog? Probably. So it also, under the under yellow sun, has right. Superman powers. Right. <laughs> Comics, everybody. I know, right? Well, anyway, just give us five stars. That's what the cosmic hero Captain Marvel would want anyway. Yes. Like I said, we'll be back next week to talk Captain Marvel. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mika Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.